podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This Fatback Four special. Um, it's only two of us, but we make up for that. Um, it's myself and Grizz. I'm back from a few days off. Grizz never takes a day off, but he's looking great. And we are here because Fabinho has signed a new long-term deal at Liverpool. Grizz, um, it feels like ages since I've spoken to you. How are you, my man? Yeah, it does. It does. And I think I think the viewers <coughs> and, and uh, listeners and all want to know where the hell you've been and what you've been doing. And- you know, I just, well, I, I'd, I'd like to give you a couple of minutes to tell us where have you, um, where the fuck you been. Just took a few days off. Um, I went camping, which was amazing. Okay. Have you ever gone camping? Yeah, when I was about thirteen, Gaff. Yeah, but you've never oh, gone with the family, like no, no. Ah, oh, mate, it's amazing. Yeah, do you know what? It's too much to worry about if you go with family, kind of thing. Like it's too much to worry about, right? Like no, when you go no, as a no. kid and you're no, 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 no. We went for four nights. And four nights camping, tents, gazebos, cooler boxes, uh, you know, fucking camping chairs, grills, stoves, all that sort of messing. And um, Barry Devon, asked, glamping or camping? It was camping. Glamping is not. It's it's just going to a camping site, but you're living in an actual building. Um, no, it was proper camping. And I loved it. I have to say it was brilliant. Uh, first night, it absolutely pissed pissed rain from about half nine that night till probably half nine the next morning then we great that's the fun part right that's the fun part when it's raining and like you know um, no this rain was not all under a tent oh, I <laughs> thought it was I thought I was gonna wake up in a pool of water but um no we got there we got there in the end so I had a great four nights on five days off and then I come back and I just annoyed everybody yesterday from early doors right up to late last night to make sure we're all in good form and we seem to be but um that's me. Um, that's what happened to me, and now I'm back. Um, but Graves were here because Fabinho has signed a new deal at Liverpool. Um, he looks delighted. He said he's delighted. He said he's been. He was very positive in the talks from the outset. He wanted to stay at the club. He wants to play at the club for many, many more years. And it, the words are an, a long term deal. How big is this, Graves? Because I'm going to tell you, I think it's huge. I think it's you, you, you've spoken about spines of sides and stuff like that. And you look at Alison Van Dyke, you know, Fabinho and then Salah as that kind of four through the spine. And, you know, the, the, the word is that Alison might maybe next. Salah, it looks like Liverpool are ready to reward him and Van Dyke, they seem fairly confident on. But how big is this one to get, get things going? Because, you know, I've seen in the comments already people saying, oh, our new, our big, our big business this summer will be renewals of contracts. So I don't, I don't necessarily agree with that, but it's a huge one, isn't it? Regardless of what, what else is going on with, with transfers and stuff always, like that. Always, always, always. Look, it's, it's boring, isn't it? And that's the kind of vibes we're getting from the comments and on Twitter, wherever that, that, that contracts are boring. Give us signings. And, you know, I can understand the signings frustration. But this, as you said, is absolutely vital. Um, how many times did we speak about... Um, oh, there you go. I was literally going to say, Chris Brax says, great to see us getting the key members of the spine tied down to long-term deals. I assume Alison, VVD, Robo and Salah will be soon. Exactly that. All great teams, what they do need when you talk about sustaining success or or maintaining this high level of play that we've 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 witnessed is to keep your best players. And all those players Chris mentions and Trent and Fabinho today are our best players. Now, you know, when we spoke about, or, or as the viewers and listeners like to remind me, when I spoke about a legacy summer, what I meant was, apart from Mbappe, of course, you know, what I mm-hmm. meant was, and I, and, I, and I gave context, was we need to strengthen the spine of the team. So what that means is ensuring the current spine I'd tie down to new deals and get in about three new players down that middle. We've got, we've added Kanate. We will add another central midfielder and we will add another attacker. 
but it was absolutely vital that we keep the likes of these these players that we're going to keep. Fabinho, Gav, um, you know, we both we both rate him very highly. He's an absolute vital cog in this machine. I wouldn't swap him for. I wouldn't swap him for any DM in the world. I don't know about you. No, I wouldn't. Mm. I genuinely wouldn't. You know, people talk about. <coughs> Kante, and I think Kante is a brilliant defensive midfielder, but I wouldn't swap him for Fabinho. Um, I think, you know, Fabinho's had the odd injury here and there. We've mentioned that over the last while. Kante most definitely has. I think Kante covers a serious amount of ground. He's very dynamic in what he does. I think Fabinho's the same, but I think Fabinho has a little bit more. I think he's more of a goal threat. I think he's better in the air. I think he's a better range of passing. Um, And I just think he's... Do you know what it is? When I look at Fabinho, and you see the likes of some players like Kante, would Kante fit in this midfielder or that midfield? He'd fit in most, I think. But I think Fabinho, when you look at him, he'd fit in any of them because he has got a range to him where he could play in a two, no problem. He could play in a, in he plays as the deepest in a three. He could play in a two of a four-man midfield, no problem. You know, the sort of way. And, and if you were to ask Fabinho, listen, we're going to play another defensive midfielder beside you, we need you to be the man to pick up the ball and move with it or hit those kind of longer passes or whatever it might be. I think he's he's good at that. He's good at that. And we've seen it over, over the last couple of years since he's joined the club. He loves a little clip ball, a little clip diagonal where he gets um, Mane in, especially uh, against United the season before last. Things like that. Little, little balls he can hit. He's a good way to pass. He's physically strong. You've seen him at centre-half. He... he he performed admirably, but he's not. It's not somewhere I want to see him. But I think, I think it sends out a big statement that he is the main anchor in air midfield now for the next four or five years going forward. The main anchor in air midfield. But it's 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 again another reason or another way to look at it is we're at the level now, and and a lot of Liverpool fans need to um, see this as well that we're at a club where we've seen the likes of Zabulonzo, Mascherano. Um, comply their trade and then go on to pastures new when it yeah. really, really peaked for their and career. The, yeah? And that's why I kept Kevin Sullivan's comment up there. He says, because not too long ago, keeping our stars there was the main go. challenge. I think that's a huge thing. You know, like if you go back f- maybe before Klopp's time, um, because w- since Klopp has come in, I think the Coutinho one is the one that's stung him big time. But if you look at the previous five, ten years, maybe a bit more, maybe going back a bit more, when a player got the two years left, the vultures would have just surrounded us. A, because we weren't at at our best. We weren't challenging as much as we wanted to challenge. And we weren't paying the money that others would pay. Now, I'm sure if, you know, Man City or Real Madrid before the problems or Barcelona before the the issues they have, even at Bayern Munich, um, if they got, if they, if they thought they had a chance at Fabinho, you know, if, if you put us in this position 10 years ago, they'd have circled them. And they would have, they would have done all the tricks that they've always done, and they would have thrown loads of money on them. And I'm sure if they thought they had a sniff this time, they would have came and went. Listen, Liverpool are offering you. That, I, I don't know what money he's on. I, I presume somewhere north of 150 grand a week. But I'm sure if Man City thought they'd have sniffed, he'd go in there and go, "We give you 250," because he would like. He's Fernandinho was is was a massive loss to, to Man City when he when he couldn't play at centre midfielder. Fabinho's better than him. He's better than him. He's younger than him. He's more athletic. I think he's a better player. And I think he'd be frightening in Man City's team. Absolutely frightening. So I think when you look at Kevin Sullivan's point there about keeping players, and, and other people have asked, like, is this a diversion against um, transfers? Not, No, not for me, because you still have to do these things, regardless of what's going on with transfers. He, like, if we sign nobody between now and the 24th of August and don't do these these deals on contracts, you know what I mean? People will go, what the hell is going on? You have to do them. They're just, it's just a way of life. We're, we're two years and we go and do that. But I just think it's, I, I think genuinely, Grace, I think they've they've actually nailed their colours to Fabinho's mast and said, listen, that he's the man in the middle of the park for Liverpool for the next five years. And we'll yeah, build and everything the, else around him. Absolutely. And the best years, you know, the best years of his career, as we've discussed many times. Fabinho's the kind of player, Gav, that, He's not particularly quick. Um, he's not particularly powerful. So what he uses is his intelligence and reading of the game. 
very much like Dietmar Haman, but he's got far more to his game than Dietmar Haman did. So he's got that sort of telescopic legs, you know, where he kind of just reads things and gets a tackle in, mm. gets a toe in, intercepts. Um, and so as he gets older, I honestly see him getting better. You know, more experienced, the more he learns the game, because he's still, 27 is a very good age. And to tie him down, is a five-year deal, wasn't it, lads? Hopefully someone will tell me in the chat. I'm sure it was a five-year deal uh, or four. I'm not. I'm not sure. Four or five years. New for to take him up to, to to take him up to 31. That's the best years of his career tied down to Liverpool Football Club, and that's yeah. huge. You know, that's us saying we want you as the main anchor. You, Virgil, uh, Allison, and Salah. Hopefully, right. That's the next three four years we want to build or whatever we want to do around the team in terms of add-ons, adding on players, et cetera, et cetera, as we go along. You guys are the sticking points, along with Robbo and Trent. I think no one can actually complain. No one can actually moan about this business. We're doing it quietly, discreetly. We're doing it, all of them. We're going to do all the players that we've mentioned. They will get done. And I think it's 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 comforting from my, from, from my point of view. I don't see a negative in it. Uh, we may come on to one of the ones that... It's a bit awkward. Mm -hmm. This Fabinho one's a fantastic, fantastic uh, news today. Absolutely. It is huge. And, um, you know, there's Walter Matilda with a super chat says, do you expect Salah's contract to be the last renewal? Will it be the biggest? So maybe waiting to see where everyone else in the squad lands with theirs. I, I don't know. I don't I don't think we're going to just sit and wait. You see, I don't think you can really do that because, you know, you're, you're looking at Mane, you're looking at, Firmino, I think, left for two years. You're looking at VVD. You're looking at Allison. You're looking at Jordan Henderson, which we'll get on to later. You can't really say to Salah, can you sit over there and wait? Because if these drag out and drag out, you know, you're gone. The thing is, once you go beyond the 31st of, um, it's usually July around, isn't it? When, when they've eight, two years left, you know, the sort of way, then you're into the, the first number on their contract is one year and 11 months and 30 days or 29 days. And then it doesn't matter that it was two years the day before. It's now one year and 11 months left. And that's when alarm bells start ringing off, especially for supporters. So I expect all these deals to be done before, this, possibly before the season starts or before the window ends, you know, the sort of way. And they are going to be done, you know, um, 2026, says Barry Devney. Um, four years extra. Four but, years extra, yeah. But just, but just on the Walter Matilda one, the Salah one, Grizz, they all have to be being walked on these at the same time. They're all being walked on. You know, the club don't have to tell any of those players what any other player is getting. They just have to do the deal with that player. When you look at when you look at Van Dijk and you look at um, Mane, you look at Salah, you look at Firmino, you look at Jordan Henderson, um do you expect do you expect all them to be in the walks and something to come out of this before the window ends? Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. It's it's. I mean, only they know which order they've done it on. In sorry, I should say. So, for example, while you was on holiday, um, we done a show about the Trent deal mm -hmm. and how that was probably the the least needed or timing of it in terms of priority. But for whatever reason, they thought, get that out of the way. I think Fabinho would have been a fairly easy one as well. You know, he's, it's obvious he loves it here. It's obvious his his family are happy. His wife's, you know, very happy and active on, on Twitter. She even interacts with Mad Reds. She's a brave woman. Mm -hmm. um, you know, um, she doesn't block like me. You know, kudos to her. So, look, it's obvious Fabinho is very happy here. It's it's He was next. And then, you know, Alison, Alison's apparently done as well. Very cool. I mean, look, the, the, what's the word? The, the cynics, <laughs> the cynics amongst our fan base, and we've got quite a few of them, will say that um, FSG are going to announce one or two a week until the end of the transfer window <laughs> instead of announcing players. But look, um, look, they have their methods, they have their reasons for when they're going to announce it. And yeah, as you say, I expect the majority of them, if not all of them, to be announced sort of in the next four or five weeks. Um, obviously, obviously, the Salah one, the question was around the Salah one. Um, I genuinely 
think, and we've discussed before amongst us on the show, that he's going to be the last one. Because once they know where they are with everyone else, then they can sort of whack Salah with the biggest one, as opposed to giving him the biggest one and then everyone else saying, well, we want not parity, but, you know, we want something quite close to what you're going to give to Salah. But we see how it goes with the Salah one. The rest of them, I really don't see a problem. Virgil, not a problem. Alisson, apparently he agreed before he went on holiday. Um, who else did you say? Mane, Robbo. Mane, Robbo, Firmino. Firmino. Mm, how old is Firmino? 29. He's, they're all 29, the three front lads. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not so sure on the Firmino one, Gaff. Don't know what your opinions are. I if he's If he's got two years left, I'm not sure where we go with that one. Well, I'll keep that for later because we can yeah. kind of run it alongside the Henderson thing because mm-hmm. I think they're in a similar boat, the both of them. Mm-hmm. Um, Darren Dunbar's drunk. Um, he's sending in £48.99 super chats. He says, I love the shows. You cover everything. You kept me entertained since 2015. Have a drink on me, lads. My way of saying a big thanks. We won't have a drink on you, Darren. What we do is we take that and we just throw it into the Sienna fund, if that's okay. Um, because we're trying our best with Sienna to... She's. We'll tell you a little bit about it later, but we're, we're basically trying our best to give as much money as we earn um, in the next couple of months to Sienna to try to help her out. And we've done it in June. We made a donation for June um, recently to our GoFundMe. But we'll tell you a little bit more about Sienna later. But thanks a million for the Super Chat. And it's um, very much appreciated. Grizz, when, when, when you see this today, and it's understandable, people are getting a little bit touchy over transfers, right? And they're getting a bit, where are the transfers? Why, you know, because there's this myth that goes around the Klopp likes to get his players in early. That doesn't compute. It just doesn't. Okay, we've seen that. Um, we've seen that said over the over the years. You know, oh, he he likes to get his players in early, and um, and then when he don't come in early, people start to, to fret. I'm just let's just look at it from a point of view. Let's look at it firstly from a point of view that we sign nobody. Okay, now we're not saying we'll sign nobody, but let's look at it from that point of view because I was, I was having a little bit think about this today, and I wanted to kind of look at it from two two perspectives, right? So let's just say we sign nobody, okay, between now and the end of the window, okay? Say Origi stays, Shakiri stays, um, you know who else? Nat Phillips is rumored to be um, on the way out. You, you see um, Ben Davis apparently. Um, does I think Sheffield United are looking for a long deal there as well, but. Let's say we sign nobody and we get to the end of this window and we say, okay, we've signed Kanati. Okay, we've brought in Kanati, which was a problem, an issue um, at centre-half that we needed to resolve, which it looks like we have. And we have the squad that we're sitting on now. Okay. What do we make of the summer, A? And B, what do we make of the season going forward? In your opinion? Um. Right, so which which in which order do you want me to answer it? So any way you want. I'll answer it the reverse of the order you asked. Okay. So what do we make? What do we make? The, what do we make of the season going into into with the squad that we've got? So yeah. let's just say, <coughs> say let's just say Phillips is gone, or shall we keep as it is? No, no, no. We just nobody nobody, nobody goes leaves. and nobody leaves. Yeah, we just we nobody we comes. On what nobody we have. leaves. We sit on what we have because um, the reason I'm asking it that way is because. It seems to be, and I think it's fairly common knowledge, and I think it's a fairly accurate thing to say, we're looking to get one or two, maybe three out, and we're looking to do business on one, two, or three. Okay? So, but let's just say we start the season tomorrow with this squad. What way do you, what do you make of the summer, and what do you think of the season going ahead? So, I'm going to, as I said, I'm going to answer in reverse. Yes, the other way around, yeah. So, so if no one goes and no one leaves, if no one comes in and no one leaves, mm-hmm. we've absolutely got a squad that will challenge there's absolutely no doubt in my mind. We have okay. the, or if not, <coughs> the second best first 11. I'd say first best 11 uh, in the league. And there's absolutely no doubt in my mind. Um, if everyone stays fit, we challenge for the title. There's absolutely no doubt. Mm-hmm. Facts, stats, everything's there. Mm-hmm. But there's a few ifs, there's a few buts in there. And we've discussed them to hell, but we'll discuss them again. The ifs and buts are the state of the injuries, um, players coming up from injuries, long-term injuries, and how susceptible they are to picking up further injuries. 
and that would be my major, major, um, major, major worry concern. Um, I'd be absolutely happy with the squad mm-hmm. going into it, but I wouldn't be happy if nothing happened in terms of what would I have thought of the summer. And the reason for that, Gav, is because we are not strictly we are not strictly talking about just this summer, this team. We've discussed the ages, the contracts of the players. Yeah. We've talked about the health of the players the coming back from injuries. We know Ginny Wijnaldum paid 50, 60 games. We know our centre-backs got injured, so we've addressed that issue. And we also know that A, our front players are ageing and need rotation, not enough quality in rotation, and also the AFCON. We discussed this to hell. And also the age. So I wouldn't be happy. In fact, I'd be fuming, absolutely fuming, if there was no additions to the to the team. Even if we tied down all the contracts that we've named and we, had, and we didn't sell anyone, um, I wouldn't be happy at all. But once the season started, I would be confident of winning the league. But again, winning the league, we would have had to have near perfect season in terms of injuries, like we did in the season that we won it. Yes, we picked up normal everyday injuries that every club has, mm-hmm. but um, but you know, barring a disaster which was last season, I'd still be confident. But I would have been worried that we lagged behind a transfer window again, and that was my biggest concern, and yeah. would still be my concern if we didn't add. Yeah. So, but what? What? So, I'm. Is it fair to say that me surmising what you have said there is that you're happy with the squad going in, but you're happy with the squad going in because what you believe Klopp could do with that squad, not with what Klopp is being given to work with. Would that be would that be fair? Because I think I think that's very fair. Yeah. Okay. It's that look, which which squad, and we've discussed this, which squad in history hasn't been added to in terms of all the winning teams, like the, the Fergie mm. team. Yeah. The teams, every summer they added. Every summer they added. Um, and this season, or this summer, was no difference for us. We need to, we can't, stag- we can't stagnate, Kev. We cannot. We'll get, basically, what will happen is we will give ourselves too much to do in the next summer. So, yeah. obviously, journalists we're kicking, are, we're, kicking, we're kicking issues that are at our door right now, in some right cases, now. and probably a year down the line in some some other cases, but we're kicking them all down the road. Well, you tell me. Look, yeah, no, exactly. no, look, that, that's from... So, Antico says that uh, Grizz Villa fans um, on social media or wherever, or um, I don't know where else they are, uh, they are saying that we've hijacked the Leon Bailey deal. Okay? So, I don't know what... I've, I haven't heard anything about that. Here, Kashiri says, once our players are injured, they're out for the season. Um, but I think that's, that's something that... <laughs> Look, that's season. just look, anyway. this 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 kind of feeling is just based on last season, and it? it's it's still sore, it's still sensitive, it's still fresh in our minds that when we get an injury, it seems to be fucking season-ending yeah. injury. But yeah. look, you know, I don't know what, what, how can we how can we gauge for that? How do we know like if that happens again or not? There's no evidence or there's no facts that we can talk about. We can just um, rely on our medical team to know that everyone has recovered fully and, 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 you know, and, and conduct all the tests during preseason to know that, yeah, they're back to the level that they were operating at before their injury. And there's nothing else we can do after that to hear, like, you know, going in there with a negative mindset, each to their own. Well, Krellen Torting Gavender says, um, best keeper in Allison, best centre-back in VVD, two of the best, if not the best, fullbacks, the best def- defence midfielder in Fabinho, the best leaders in Hendo in Europe, and the best front three. That's his um, That's his outlook um, with regards to the season, I suppose. But the way I look at it is, I think if we start the season tomorrow, I would I would put money on Liverpool to win the title. Okay? All things being equal. And I know it's hard to get it out of your mind about the the the, the, the luck we had, I suppose, last season and the injury problems we had last season. But all things being equal in a normal season where you get the odd injury here and there and you get the suspension and you get a lack of form from one or two. Everybody gets it. 
Everybody gets it. What we got last season was just horrendous. I would put money on Liverpool to win the title. I genuinely would. But we aren't going to be going into this season um, with the squad we have now. We aren't going to be going in against what the squads that are sitting around us have now. Even when United with, with Sancho, you know, City are rocking boats all over the place. You know, they're rocking boats at Aston Villa. They're rocking the boat at, at Spurs for the two players we know about. And, you know, Chelsea apparently are looking to swing um, Lukaku now back for 100 million quid. Um, and that's that's a rumour going around. Inter are trying their best to to stop that. United, are, I don't know if United, have, have United confirmed Varane? Yeah. Do you have officially? Well, he's signed, but the presentation is obviously okay. So, you have got Varane, you've got Sancho there, they'll probably add one one or two more. And that's where, and people would say, don't worry about what others are doing, but you kind of have to because they are competition. I've said it early on, Grizz. Um, I would expect, I I expect a three in this summer. Now, I still expect two more to come in, I, I still expect a midfielder to come in, and I still expect a forward to come in. and you know, we're here to talk about Fabinho and we're here to talk about his contract. And and you can twist it whatever way you want, you know, as diversion, as, you know, I've seen people saying, well, he's getting one. Why isn't Hendo getting one? Or why isn't, why isn't this happening? Or Salah needs to be done. And, and they'll, they'll all work themselves out. The, the club pay people a hell of a lot of money to do their job with regards to this. But I want to turn it the other way, Chris. So mm-hmm. we expect you to come in. Because when we look at this squad, I think we're, I think a lot of people are in 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 agreement with regards to Firmino, Mane, Salah, Jota, and anything else after that isn't isn't up to it, in my opinion. Okay, Harvey Elliott has been touted as you know something or somebody that could come in and have an impact, absolutely. But I'm not sticking my hopes on an 18 year old that's had a long spell at Blackburn. No, um, to be to be your backup to basically be your second backup to the front three, okay? Now, wherever front three you pick, you're going to have either, I think you're either going to have Firmino as your first backup or Jotty, okay? I'm not pinning myself on that. I'm not, I don't think it's fair on the guy. The same way I don't think it was fair on Curtis Jones last season a little bit with regards to what was expected of him and what was really a breakthrough season, you know, that sort of way. So I definitely want to see something there. And midfield... I just get I get very worried over midfield, Chris. I'm delighted with Fabinho. I think Thiago, despite that big injury, I thought he got better and better as the season went on. Milner will do a job for you 10, 15 games a season off the bench or wherever it might be. I'm good with that. Jones has another year and he's bulked up a bit as well. I've no issue there. I have got issues with Keita and I have got issues with Oxley Chamberlain. And I don't care how much they run around in midfield in preseason. I don't really care. Um when when it comes down to actual games, um, in actual competitions. Them boys is just, it's just not, it doesn't fill me with any confidence. It really doesn't. So I want to see something in midfield. Are you in agreement with that, Chris? Because I can't, I can't for the life of me, I don't care how good Klopp is, I can't see for the life of me how Klopp can go through a season and basically his backup midfield is Oxlade Chamberlain, Kate, and possibly Milner or Jones. I just you, can't see it. Chris. You're asking for too much, Gav. Again, you, I mean, I'm kind of agreeing with you. I'm saying we're, we're asking for too much for, from Klopp. I think because it's not a with in the cases of in the cases of Ox and Kate, it's not a season that they've had out with injuries. It's coming on to three, four seasons now, um, and it's a continuation. You haven't, you well, I don't know, you forgot or whatever. You haven't mentioned Matic and Gomez. Now, Gomez hasn't been injury-prone, like in terms of he doesn't he's get He suffered muscle. injuries. Exactly. He doesn't yeah. get muscle strains and pulls, whatever, uh, like, your, like your oxes and caters. He actually gets big, massive impact injuries that put him out for months on end. Mm-hmm. And then you've got Matip again. And again, we know about Matip. Unfortunately, um, just doesn't play enough football. Because if he played enough football, he would be known as one of the best defenders in Europe. Mm. Absolutely one of the best centre-backs in Europe. But just doesn't enough play, play enough football to warrant that title. And again, yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. The players that you mentioned midfield, it's too much of a workload on the named Fabinho, <laughs> Thiago, Henderson. You know, and, 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 and Thiago, before he came to us, one of the things that was labelled at him was he misses too many games 
you know, only last three, four seasons, he's he's sort of found a new um, private trainer who he has with him all the time, you know, and it's helped massively. Uh, but before then, you know, during during his young career, he missed a lot, a lot of football. You know, it's Naby and Ox's, look, if we get 15 to 20 games each of Naby and Ox, I think it'll be an absolutely outstanding season. I genuinely do. Because the you, talent... You've, start, you've started that sentence with if, though. But this is it. This is why it's crucial that the central midfielder we bring in has a track record of not being the most skillful. Of course, that's an absolute must. When you play for Liverpool, you have to have a certain amount of skill and talent. But one of the main, main highest things that our scouts and analytics team will have looked at is his availability and durability. Mm. But do we have to, like, you know, we, we, we've signed it, like, I'm kind of going to go back on myself here a little bit. And before I do, uh, Crellin says again, all that being said, I totally agree with Grace. It's the lack of availability in our squad depth. Add Vlahovic to that and we have another dimension. And we get on to who we'd like to see and, and you know, what we'd like to see happen in a little bit. But I'm going to kind of go back on myself because while I I definitely want a midfielder, okay, and we've got we've got a, a, a centre-half in. And when you get the centre-half in, you kind of say, well, Canate's in there and... I've just said, not five minutes ago, we pay people a lot of money to do their jobs with regards to the medical side of stuff and, you know, the analytics around it and whatever it might be. If we're going to go in with Canate and trust that they've looked at VVD, they've looked at Gomez, they've looked at Matip, they've looked at whatever, and they've solved issues, whatever it might be, should we really look at it the same in midfield and say, well, hold on, They've probably looked at Ox. They've probably looked at Keita over the last couple of months, who, who genuinely went out injured after, I think, a 7-0 win away at Palace and wasn't really seen again, bar one or two performances. And the, the talk was he was on his own fitness regime and it was tailored to him. If we're going to trust him with regards to Kanata in and trust what they know, do we have to do the same in midfield? Or is there just more evidence in midfield that... And very little evidence to show that there's been a change with regards to Ox and Cade. Yeah, look, it is. I, I, I don't know. I don't know how else we can look at it, Gav. I don't know any other way of looking at it. We have to. We can only go by the history with us and injuries. And it's not. It's not good reading, is it, Gav? It's literally not good reading. I mean, you know. We all know, I think, by now, because it's so it's put out there so many times that Matip averages twelve games a season, like since his time here. That's atrocious. That's a quarter of a season he plays every season he's been here. I think, and obviously, people in the chat will quickly do a Google search or whatever search you need to do. I think Nabi's will be worse. Would you say? Guess. I'm not too sure. I think he's played. I think he's made about, and I could be wrong in this, because I remember I looking know. it up. I know that Jordan Henderson has played 40 games more than Naby Keita since Naby Keita has arrived. Okay. I think the amount of appearances Naby Keita has made since summer of 18, wasn't it? Mm. Um, so 18, so three seasons. I think he's made about 70 appearances for Liverpool. But, you know, Pimp and Distress says, my favourite club quote, I don't need the best team, just a team that can beat the best. That's everything you need to know. So if could be, if you want to look at it at a different angle, Grizz, or regards to the midfield, let's park Naby and park uh, Neb, Naby and Ox and just say to ourselves, we've lost one album. Let's bring another person in. to Not to replace him or be his replacement. I, I hate that phrase, you know, one album's replacement. Another player in to take his spot in the squad. Okay. And then your reliability is the same as last season. And Henderson has got injury issues as well. You have to look at that. Putting all that aside, Chris, should we simply be looking at and going, listen, one midfielder has left. What we have left in midfield tells us we need one more. Is that the really simple way to look at it? And it is the simple way. We'll if, if, yeah. if, if, if it was if it was a Nabby leaving the squad. If it was an Ox leaving the squad, if it was a James Milner leaving the squad this summer, 
then the, the, the need for a central midfielder with the rest of the numbers that we've got wouldn't be as much. But the fact that it was Ginny Wijnaldum, Mr. Uh, durable, like guaranteed to play 35 games minimum a season, it makes the need for a central midfielder at this stage, many would say, Gav, more than a forward. I don't know what your opinion is, but I'm kind of, I wasn't with this opinion at the start of the window. But I'm, the more I read and analyze and try to, 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 to relax and think about it, I think the need for a central midfielder may be as important, or if not, it's overtaken the need for an attacker. That's my say on it. Because Ooh. of the fact that it was Ginny Wijnaldum mm. and the fact that we've got Milner, Naby and Ox still in that squad. Which I don't know. I, 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 think, I think the need for them both, in my opinion, the need for them both is fairly similar. I think, I'm, I'm at a look, similar stage. When you, look at, I, when you look at the numbers, like, you know, at the moment we have got we Fabinho, Thiago, Henderson, Jones, Milner, Ox, um, Naby. That's the seven midfielders at the moment. Okay. We've, we've, um, seven spots, seven players there for possibly three positions. Now people would say, well, you have three positions up front. We haven't you got seven up front. They don't do as much in a game as three of Liverpool midfielders in particular. So there's a, a much heavier work rate on, on the midfield. But I think the forward thing, the, the one thing that, that does it for me with the forward thing, Grizz, is, and somebody said on on the on the show one of the shows last week or the week before he said people start to figure out how you're playing, and that's where Jota was important because Jota was different. When when Jota when Jota arrived, I was thinking wide man kind of takes on players, you know, get, he does get goals, he gets assists. What is he about? But there was so much to his game, and it was so different. He was getting in behind. He was he was you know really good finishes and stuff like that. And that's where I think it. That's where. A hurt us when Jota got injured, Chris, because we went back to the front three. As brilliant as they are, people were just pinning them front three. They were pinning, pinning, pinning them and saying, right, we're putting loads of players around this front three. What are you going to do? Now, a lot of people think the answer there is probably a number 10, which it may be in like a Shakiri or even an Elliot if you wanted to bring him in for an impact. But I think it's not. I think it's something different up front because our team, I think, functions very, very well. You know, even if you're you're stifling their front three, air, air, the rest of our team can function really well. But something just a little bit different, a little bit unpredictable, I think is what for me is what I would look for. And and I think I think that's huge for the rest of the side as well, Chris. Because you know, if, if we if we have that front three and we're and we're being stifled there, <clears throat> it's very very hard for the midfield. You know, if they can be as good as they want to be, but you need something. Different, Chris. You know, even the I know Vlahovic has come up loads and loads, and people are getting sick and tired of the name. And I am a little bit as well because there's just his name is thrown out there all the time, and nothing really seems to be happening with him. But something like that, a physical presence, you know, an absolute physical presence, or you know, even 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 if you're to say to me, not Vardy is probably the wrong thing, kind of example, but somebody that literally just says, "Look, I'm just in the box." I'm not interested in running channels. I'm not interested in fucking intricate play. Just put it in the box anywhere, and I'm a bit of a poacher, and I'm, I'm, I'll go for that. Do you know what I mean? I'm talking about something different, Grizzly, and that's where I get where the Wijnaldum thing comes, where, you know, the reliability, and he's always there, and you knew what you were getting from him. But if I was being in a midfielder, I, I'd probably want something in that midfield where I don't really know what I'm going to get from, but I know he's fucking good. Do you know what I mean? And he's different, and, you know, how many times do our midfielders get beyond their front men? You know, the sort of way someone that runs from deep. And that's where I probably look for in midfield. And I think that's where, you know, when you say you ask too much of Klopp, I think where that's where it comes back to you because Klopp can put them out and Klopp can change and do whatever. But teams know basically what we're going to do. I would like, they know what most teams are going to do. But I just think with regards to midfielder and regards to striker, I think the need for them both, I think, is is fairly equal, Chris, um, for a number of reasons. Like I've said, I, I think it's fairly equal. Do you know what? I I kind of think this this when we talk about teams being able to read us is overplayed, and again it's going back because of last season. Yeah, and, and it was and probably that, well. In fairness, it was probably a lack of confidence in the sides because of everything that happened, and it was just 
what do we know best? What do we, what get it wide and put it in the box because that's that's a default thing. That's yes. a little bit of an easy way out. You know, and, and Look, I don't blame the players for that at all. Absolutely. You don't blame the players, especially when there is no feeling of strength through the spine. So when you haven't got a Virgil or a Matip and Henderson and Fabinho and Matt and Gomez sort of down the centre of your spine, then everything else feels weak. You don't feel as though you can take risks that you can when you know the big boys are around you. And also, and also, we keep keep forgetting that the reason why Tiago and Jota were brought in last summer was for the very reasons that you've said, or for the very problems that you've raised in terms of there wasn't an X factor in our team, and we saw the X factor that Jota brought just before he was injured, mm. and then we fucking missed him at the most crucial yeah, part of the season. Yeah. And we saw Thiago play a total different role from what he was brought to play. Mm. And as a result, he suffered. And we thought, or we had numpty other clubs fans thinking he's a flop. When in reality, it showed that once we got a certain amount of stability in terms of repetitive players playing in the same position, Obviously, not of the quality of Gomez, Matip, and Virgil, but in Phillips and Kabak and Phillips and and Williams at times, yeah. we showed, and Fabinho back in his rightful position, we showed it doesn't matter if you know what we're going to do; it's still very difficult to stop us. So it doesn't matter. Years upon years, people have been knowing what Robin's going to do, right? I'm going to give you an example, but try yeah. stopping Iron Robin. Yeah, He's same with Mohamed. You know, everyone said, "Oh, he knows what we're going to." We know Mohamed Salah, you know, you know what he's going to do, but he, he mm. finished that season again. You just can't stop him. Um, I think it's slightly overplayed in terms of when people say, ah, oh, we need that. But I agree with you. The more, look, it's a very simple case of Jurgen Klopp, you arming him with as many options, weapons. I mean, yeah. look, you're a war zone man, right? I don't uh, know how yeah. I practice you. You're a shit war zone very, man. But you're, I'm yeah. desperate, Alec. Yeah. But look, I hope I've given the right analogy because I, I, I've, because like you're desperate, I, I can't even get started. Eh? So, but the more weapons and person has in his armory, the more options and ways he has to kill his opponent. And if you was, and if, if Jurgen Klopp is to get another a weapon in his armory, i.e. a different type of weapon that he's got. And again, the names come up Vlavic or a, a different type of striker, as you allude to, or even a different type of number 10 or midfielder. You know, as I mentioned on the last show, we've shown a great interest in Damsgaard, for example, Michael Damsgaard. Now, some people would say we've got that type of player. He actually reminds me of Phil Coutinho, a cross between Phil Coutinho and, and Curtis Jones. So, I mean, I don't get the thinking behind it myself because I'm like you. I want someone in that box. I want a physical presence. I want a good Divock Origi. I want a quality Divock Origi. Divock, yeah. Origi. Divock Origi won't give you link-up play or anything, but Divock Origi should be, in essence, is described as a as a striker, as a number nine, who's there, who can, who can, who's physical, who can head the ball, who can get the end of crosses. You know, I want to see those crosses that we get in being whipped home by the striker. You know, th- I mean, that's the most boringest goal one can describe. But it's look at throughout all the league winning teams, including I hate to go back to the Fergie teams. How many times did we see Beck, Cole, or York just, you know, in the in the penalty mm. area, deflections or whatever they may be? We need to start scoring a lot of those dirty, nasty goals. We score too many good goals, or then we or we struggle. Um, that's the kind of player or forward. You know, I think we need, but what we're targeting is 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 different. Well, Ramos Khalil says, surely it makes sense to have a good header of the ball in the box when you have two of the best crossers at the fullback positions. What do you think? And I agree with him to a point. You know, I think I love I love Trent's passing range. I love the way uh, Robertson gets in behind so much, but and and he's a superb left foot. And I do think sometimes, and you know, Firmino's got on the end of, of quite a few of those and. But I, I do kind of know where Ramirez is coming from because you, at times you do think, yeah, it is a very simplistic way to do it, but it's it's very effective, you know, if 
if you're if you have fullbacks like that that can deliver balls like that, just put someone a bit bigger in the box. But you've mentioned Divock Origi there, and you know I've seen a lot of st- you know a lot of reports with regards to you know Origi and Shakiri and those two look like the names that would leave Minamino as well as is, is being mentioned and and it seems to be that Liverpool are looking to move on to, to bring into because of the, A, the amount of players they can register and B, the amount of homegrown stuff. So they're trying to get rid of two non-homegrown to bring into that, you know, so they can bring in two non-homegrown. It all adds up. You know how it works. But I'm going to be honest with you, Grace. Like, I seen, a, I seen what I thought was a quote from Shakiri, um maybe a week ago and I said, I've told Liverpool I'm ready for a new challenge. Um, they won't stand in my way this summer if I want to go and stuff like that. Lazio... Um, linked with somewhere between 10 and 14 million pounds. Now, today I've seen on the Liverpool website a big feature on Jordan Shakiri about how he's looking forward to the new season and the Euros and this, that, and I'm kind of going, that doesn't stink of a player that's told the club he wants to go and he won't stand in his way. That's him. Divock Origi, for all the word that goes around, nothing happens with Divock Origi. Okay? And Minamino... I kind of have a soft spot for him. I'm being honest. I do have a soft spot for him. But I think he could be left till the last minute. And if we need to move somebody out of the squad, i.e. alone, um, or a permanent deal, if we can do it, I think he might be the um, the break glass emergency um, move, if needs be, um, come close to the end of the window. But, Grizz, I suppose the question to you is, I think what we're going to bring in two, right? Do you care how we bring in two? Because a lot of people seem to think, well, just... Just buy the two players you want. Just buy the two players you want and Origi, Shakiri, whatever it might be, just don't register them. Don't yeah, we can't. Let that's, them look, yeah, I, I, exa- I, that's the easy way, isn't it? That's the easy way of doing it. It is or, the easy way, but that's that's not going to happen. That's it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make it, sense. And it doesn't make sense because if you bring two players in and you basically say to Origi and Shakiri, I'm bringing these two in and they're replacing you, they're going to sit there and go, well, I'm not getting the money I want over there, so I'll just sit here. And I'll run down my deal and I'll leave for nothing. So that doesn't make really make a lot of sense. It has you have to look at it in a, in a, in Realistic a financial way. sense as well. You do have to, don't of course you do. Look, we're not we're not blessed with the finances of a PSG or Man City or a Chelsea that can do to their players and leave them lying around, you know, on hundred grand a week, whatever, and collect their wages. We can't. When unfortunately there has to be a dose of reality. Yes, I have criticized in the past and I will continue to criticize if we don't manage to shift them that we ourselves have put ourselves in this situation. When I say we, i.e. Edwards, FSG, Klopp, mm-hmm. you know, I think on the, on the fat back four Gav yesterday, what day is it? The day before. Two days ago. Yeah. I, I asked, I reversed a question to Keith and Phil and I said, well, it's someone's fault because they were glorifying Edwards and FSG and meticulous planning and it's brilliant. I said, well, it's not all brilliant because the fact is we've got two or three players that we need to shift and we should have shifted in the last two or three windows that we haven't managed to shift. And now we've got a situation where Origi is very happy to sit on his you know, contract with all these bids that are coming in for him and we're happy to accept the bid but he's not happy to cut down his wage. Um, and that's a fault of our technical team in terms of Edwards and, and Klopp and, and whatnot, because we should have planned this better. We now find ourselves in a situation, as you say, that we can't purchase any players because of all the, the legalities of it, the rules do, do of you, it. Do you, do you think that we can't purchase any players? Do you, like, do you no, we can't. Oh, do no, you can. personally believe that we, we... I find it hard to believe that Liverpool Football Club, before the summer... And I get where you're coming from with regards to Klopp or FSG or Edwards and, and planning. And I think I think Shakiri's probably there a year too long. And I think Origi most certainly is possibly two years too long. No doubt. But there's no way, in my mind, Liverpool are sitting around going, we just have to get rid of these two and then we can start talking about what we're going to do and then we make moves. Oh. From from past experience with Liverpool and the planning that they've put in place for the majority of what they've done, I think one or two have slipped through the net. I think Origi's a massive. But I genuinely do believe that they're literally waiting um, to pull the trigger on one or two. But they're waiting for these to go out because they, they, 
they weakened their stance if they were to um, bring in two players now. They weakened their stance. I, because I, if they bring in two players now, the 15 million bid for Rigi is now 8 million. And the 12 million or 13 million pound bid for Shakiri is now 6 million. Because now clubs know you want these out. You want, you want them out. I think, I think we're doing a disservice to, to directors of football all around Europe that don't know this. I honestly do, Gav. I sometimes think we tend to overplay the genius of our, of our people and look down on others and they don't know this. There's a reason. There's an absolute reason we're getting bids of 8 million and 6 million and, and 10 million for our players because they know the situation. There's far more intelligent people than, than us out there, you know, working for other clubs that know the situation, that know the contracts of every single player. We've got to bite the bullet at some point, and I believe it's going to be this summer in the next few weeks, where we have to accept we've messed up, Gav, a little bit. We have to accept it. We've, we've, got, we've got ourselves in a box now where the only way out is to accept probably in the region of half the value of bids that we would have got two seasons ago. So COVID fucked us. We know that. We accept that. We know that. I accept that. And, and, and you give them credit for that. Not credit, but you give them sympathy that we were supposed to sell these guys in the COVID summer. And nobody had money, so nobody done any kind of business. But now, where it's a point at where we can see the, the general age and condition of the squad is, in my opinion, past its utmost peak. Right? Mm -hmm. It's still brilliant. We both discussed it. We both think we'll challenge for the title. You'd put money on it. I'd say we finish first or second, 100%. Um, but... But in order to bring that players in, you said, can we bring players in without moving them? We can. We could just go and buy English homegrown players. But, yeah, but, but what but, I'm saying but, is, I don't mean in that way. Um, no, but what I mean oh. is we can do that in terms of the logistics of it. We can go out and buy McGinn and a Bowen, for example. I'm just putting yeah, names but, out. But, 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 that, but that's just, now you're just buying them because... Because of the situation that we've put, you know what I mean? but, that, yeah. but that's sorry, I just, I just want to say one thing. Um, and Michael Lee has said that we missed the super chat. It didn't come up on air screen, Michael. Um, but I'm not, I'm not doubting you. So I'm just going to keep an eye on the chat as much. Yeah, as just can, put the, just put the comment out without the super <coughs> chat. Just put it, really put it in there again without the super chat, and I'll um, I'll read it out and I'll keep an eye. It does six hundred, seven hundred people watching. So how many have liked it, Jeff? Just for I haven't got a clue because I don't really, I don't look at uh, likes yeah. anymore. I, it's I probably pathetic, really and I'm going to get angry. But anyway, uh, I don't look at it. Um, I know you get upset, but I don't look at it. I just ask people to watch and if they can like on the way out, that's cool. But if Michael Lee can just throw his comment in without a, a super chat, just copy and paste it in there without putting a super. Super chatting, and I'll absolutely have a look at it. Um, Naeem says it was at twenty two thirty nine. Eric, Eric shot on air screen only goes back to um, it doesn't go back that far. It's only going back the last five minutes because of the amount of comments that are coming in. Um, but look, I we're in agreement on this on, on two two players. Um, I think it's fair that you know we we probably have to move people out, and I think that's just sensible. You know, that's just sensible stuff where you say, look, we can't keep, we can't load, overload the squad. We can't overload the squad and just go, listen, bring the players in we want and let's try to get them out. It doesn't make sense. And I think, in fairness, I think people are, have a right to be, if Liverpool are trying to do this with Regan Shakiri now, I think people have a right to be a little bit paved with it, saying, well, look, you knew this was coming. You know, the sort of way, it was probably should have happened last year and now it's, we're here this year and it still hasn't happened. Um... Here it is. Here, sorry, um, Michael Lee. I've no doubt you've sent you've sent the super chat. I've no doubt on that. Um, he said regarding Suarez, what do you think of going for him? We seem to not want to spend massive money, and United get Cavani and was a hit. Thiago Silva. Should we look at this? Let's talk about that for a minute. Um, because he, he's out of contract at Atletico Madrid. I don't think he's signed for anybody else. Um, Luis Suarez, <laughs> would you do it? Who wouldn't? Who would uh, in, the, in, your, in your right mind, if you tell me a season and we look, if you tell me that we can't get any of our first choice targets, like the journalists are trying to tell us. And if you say, all right, well, in the meantime, 
when when the likes of Haaland are available for 70 million next season and I don't know who else, you know, there'll be loads of people on the market next season as well. Um, and if you say Suarez to, 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 to add to the quartet, because I don't consider Shakiri, Elliot as able deputies for the front three, only Jota, Jota and the front three. If you tell me you add Suarez to that for a season, to give you to give you 15 20 games of Suarez and add it to that fire um that's a potent that's a potent uh, uh potion right there Kev. i don't think anyone in their right mind says no hmm. except possibly Klopp. Rowan Shaw is saying Suarez is out of contract 2022 not now i think he was out of contract at madrid no was he not on a one year deal or did he have an option for a second one he could have. Yeah, I'm not too sure. Okay, well they're saying um, that Suarez already signed. Derwin Jones says. Okay, Suarez I didn't know. Already... I didn't know. I haven't heard anything about Luis Suarez um, yeah. since Atletico won the league, and I was under the impression that he was a one-year deal. This is this, this kind of yeah. This kind of sums up my opinion as well. Realistically, where's it gone? One uh, one ton of super noodles says Klopp is not going to bring back anyone back. No chance. I mean that sort of ties in with the Phil Coutinho you know, rumours every summer of will he come back, will he come back, but it's, you know, Klopp just won't take anyone back, um, you know, who's, who's 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 left us in the first place. But look, if Suarez was available, I don't think it's possible to turn him down if he was absolutely hungry and wanted to come back, which would be, you know, the utmost importance to Jurgen Klopp. That would be the first and foremost requirement for a Jurgen Klopp. Do you really want to be here? I will make you work your bollocks off, regardless of who you are. Look, he had Thiago covering fucking fullbacks this season, right? Yeah. So Jurgen Klopp doesn't give a shit who you are. If Thiago Alcantara has to cover for Trent when he's going forward, then, you know, and I don't know if, if Luis Suarez would be up for that kind of challenge, but you never know. He's a mad bastard. Yeah. There's a couple of things there saying um, Aston Villa have made an approach for Curtis Jones on a loan. Um a couple of people said in the chat, don't know what that is. I think that's, I think that'd be a bit weird Matt, um, yeah, of a deal Matt. to do. And uh, Chelsea pushing hard for Lukaku, as we mentioned earlier. And it's going to be a mad end. I think yeah. Sky Sports, I think Sky Sports are finally going to get their, their mad transfer week. Yeah. I you think know, they they, yeah. They, every year they talk about it and they want to, want, want, want to build up. I think they could. And I think, look, I'm going to say out there, Gav. I think we, I think we do a midfielder uh, before the start of the season, and I think the attacker could could go on. I think mm -hmm. the search for an attacker could go on into the last week or two. It's two weeks after the yeah, kickoff. It's, it's, that, it's, yeah. um, it's more or less four weeks today. I think yeah. the window closes. I, I, I'd, be, I'd, I'd be very surprised if uh, if four we get both yesterday. if we get both an attacker and and a, a midfielder before the start the season, but I definitely think we'd get a midfielder and then attacker we wait. We wait. Mm. So it all it all kind of it all kind of hinges really on um possibly moving two out to bring two in. And and I'm okay with that. Like I don't really care how it happens, but I'm okay with that. I, I see the I see the reasoning behind that because you don't want to have players there that you're not going to register that cost you a lot of money and wages and their value is massively decreased if you bring in two players and then you're left with these other two here as well or or you you decrease their value. Wolves are being linked with a 10 million bid for um for Divock Origi. But listen, we're going to wrap it up. We said we do an hour. We've done an hour and one minute. But um, look, this is going to evolve on. We want to come on and talk, but we're, we're both delighted with Fabinho. I think regardless of you know, people saying, "Oh, this is this is just diversion," or "This is going to be the big thing." Um, this summer is just going to be contract renewals. Canate, we're not going to do anything else. But on on face value, I think we're, we're both absolutely delighted with um with the Fabinho thing. Two more things to finish really quickly because I know Grizz has to go. He's a busy, busy man. But the Siena's steps. Um, the the information's in the in the the show description and and you can get it on our pinned tweet and you can go to GoFundMe and type in Sienna Steps if you want to. You can go onto our website and find the merchandise for her, which all all money go to her. And you can also find the link to us trying to sell out Anfield at one pound a ticket. Please, please um try and help us out. She has got a date in November. 
that she has been invited to St. Louis in America to take, uh, to get this, um, treatment. And basically they have 60,000 of the 120,000 raised. So they need 60,000 in the next 12 or so weeks. And we're going to do our absolute utmost. We're trying to give them everything we earn. We're trying to, um, push it out there on social media as much as we can. Always ask us that. If you're watching this and you can donate, please do so. If you can't, copy the links and send them on to everybody you know. Somebody might look at it. If you send it to 20 people and one person looks and says, oh, I'll donate, and they send it on to 20 people, and it just, it'll build up, and hopefully we can get it there because it's a massive opportunity in November, okay? Um, please, please uh, try to help us out with that. It's something that is very close to us, and we're trying our absolute best. I would, I'd hate to, or to miss this in November because we never know when that chance comes up again. Um and the last thing um, I want to touch on, sorry, the second last thing. The second last thing is uh, the rest of the week, Jamie's on tomorrow night. Myself, Jamie, Keith and Conan, the uh, Aston Villa fan who's always great value. We're on the midweek fix tomorrow talking about VAR and Man City rocking boats and um, players to look at next season, I think, as part of that that show. Towards the Euro backwards, we're um, a slight match reaction. Um, because they're playing two 60-minute games on Thursday, so we've given you the chance to do our match reaction. And uh, Avi launches a show on Friday night, Sports Unplugged, which covers all the sports around the world. I think Olympics heavy um, this Friday, but um, it promises to be a brilliant show. And that's us for the rest of the week. The last thing I want to talk about um, and quickly say is some of you may have seen on last night's show at the forum where a conversation started about sports books and it ended with um, Gar telling a story, um, a very personal story, which I genuinely think is one of the bravest things I've ever seen um, on Air Platform. Anyway, it is the bravest thing I've ever seen on Air Platform. And I just want to say, you know, the lads that were on the show last night handled it very well. People on social media have been extremely nice to Gar today and complimentary to him, and he absolutely deserves that. But I want to, from me, Grizz, and any, all the other LFC day troopers, lads that weren't on the show last night, and our friends with um, with, with Gar, that I wanted to say on their behalf that it was an extremely brave thing to do. And, um, you know, Gar says that, you know, you know, we stand by him and we've helped him and all, but Gar helps a lot of people as well. I don't want I don't want to, I don't want people to think that Gar doesn't do anything for anybody because he does a lot for me and he does a lot for everybody else. So I think it was very important to say that. The other thing is, um, you know, people can talk about numbers and subscribers and views or whatever it might be. Possibly the three, but I suppose the proudest things we have on this is, you know, a having a community here, b helping out Ken to get. Um, the money he needed when he was in America. See um, what we're doing for CNN now. And this is probably what happened last night. It's probably one of the proud, proudest moments I've had watching the LFC day trip. I wasn't even involved, but it was one of the, most, the proudest moments I've ever had because the bravery shown by him last night, I think, will emanate around to other people that will watch and listen and know that, you know what, um, I can talk to people. I can I can pick up the phone, I can message people, I can I can no matter how low I'm feeling, there is people out there that will help you in an official capacity or just a friendship thing. And <clears throat> if we can help anybody in any way, I think that's that's the biggest, absolutely the biggest thing um about this channel. Bar none. Bar absolutely none. So I just wanted to say to to Gar, thanks for what you done last night. I want to say to Andy, I want to say to Davo. And I want to say to Peter, um, a thank you to them because they handled it extremely well um, when 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 Gar spoke about them. And I want to thank everyone on social media that's been really nice to Gar and supportive today and showing him that you know what he he was at a he was at a, a a bad time in his life. He's got through it, and he's he's so many friends and he helps so many so many people. It's un- especially in, in in junior football and stuff like that. It's great to see that um, he's come out the other side of that and and he's. He's prospering in his life. And for us to be a little bit part of that or even give him a platform to help people, I think has been absolutely unbelievable. So um, I'm going to leave it at that. But I didn't want to leave it without saying that because I, I know all the lads in the LFC Day Trippers wanted to say something and I wanted to say it on their behalf. So I just wanted to leave it on that. And, and a massive thanks to the people in the chat that were supportive of Gar and have left comments and left uh, comments in the show after show last night and stuff like that. So um, thanks to everybody and well done to everybody for 
guard the way he spoke and everybody else both on screen and off screen the way they handled it afterwards so i just wanted to say that okay uh grizz it's been an absolute pleasure i'm sorry for keeping you for one hour and seven minutes no but um, that's you're the back. way it goes but listen you're, you listen listen you're back the boss is back this was your way of you know putting your foot down <laughs> but i have to accept it you promised me 30 to 40 minutes yeah i did <laughs> you said how long i went that hoodie the fuck yeah, which usually means oh, Lord. always double it. Um, Listen, I want to echo what you said about Gar in the comments and especially the reaction. The reaction from our viewers, subscribers, listeners was was nothing short of brilliant and amazing. Yeah. And that's the kind of thing that inspires people like Gar to come out and speak out and be brave. So, you know, kudos to everyone involved in, in last night's show. And, and of course, you know, me and Gar speak on a daily basis, but again, well done, brother. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that has been a Fatback for special. Fabinho signed a long-term deal at Liverpool, and uh, he's with us until 2026. As I said, there is shows for the rest of the week, and if any other breaking news comes around, um, we will get to that as well. Thanks for watching. That's been me. That's been Grizz. Over and out. Sports Social Podcast Network.